Hello, welcome to the most accurate podcast. I am your host Jennifer Akins. I am joined by my pal Justin Edwards. We are uh, we're going to talk some football and some beverages today uh, to kind of, I guess, get in between the the, the lull of the two weeks uh, before the Super Bowl, which is a blessing and a curse. Justin, how how you doing today? I great, honestly. <laughs> um, I I do I love the grind of the season, but it is. It does feel a little special that this is the first weekend without meaningful football in the last six months. So it's kind of it's sad, but it's also a little a little bit. I relieving. don't know what to do with myself. Like I'm, and I and I know I guess it's a good like precursor for what's to come after you know the Super Bowl. But for me, <laughs> right, it's weird. Like I have to actually go out into the world on the weekends. You know, it's hard <laughs> enough for me. Like Saturdays, once college football ends, it's a super bummer, and I'm like, oh, I actually have to like go do stuff on Saturdays. Right. Now it's same thing. I'm like, I guess I'm going to have to actually, you know, go hike and do the things that I used to do well, in the off season. But yeah. the good news is we do still have one more game and it's a pretty big one, but we're not going to talk about that actually today. Um, we're going to go backwards a little bit. We're going to talk about last week's uh, championship round games and kind of the fantasy implications of, of you know, that the, those four teams, two of them are clearly still playing, but um, we'll kind of go through, uh, fantasy wise, kind of what we think happened, what we think is going to happen uh, next season. Sound good? Absolutely. Sounds All perfect. Right. Cool. All right. We're going to start with the uh, Kansas City Baltimore game, which I think went a different way than a lot of people wanted. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm kind of indifferent. I mean, as you guys know, uh, I live in Denver, so I'm, I'm supposed to be obligated to hate the Chiefs. Uh, I, I don't. I don't really. I don't have, you know, I, I don't care about either really. And I don't care about Taylor Swift and not in a negative way, but I'm not anti her and the whole situation. Like, I just don't, you know, I'm, I'm in, I'm, I'm in the exact same boat. Yeah. If anything, honestly, what I've been saying is I, I work in the football industry. If Taylor Swift's around and it brings a couple million extra eyeballs, there you go. I'm here for it. I, yes. I have, I have no ill will just because no. I don't like the, just because I don't like pop music doesn't mean I don't appreciate her <laughs> being at these football games. <laughs> agree. Agree. Um, but let's talk about, I guess, last week. So uh, clearly uh, the Chiefs won. Ravens game plan a little weird, right? We kind of collectively, I think, uh, don't understand. Um, they dominated with the run all season and then abandoned it for the, <laughs> the most important game of, of the season for them. So kind of weird. But uh, looking at next year, uh, the first thing I want to talk about is the quarterback position, right? We've got Mahomes versus Lamar, two very good, very elite quarterbacks. Uh, so this year, uh, Lamar Mahomes went quarterback one and Lamar went quarterback four uh, in ADP. Um, as far as their ending, Lamar ended as quarterback three in fantasy points per game. Mahomes ended actually as quarterback 14 uh, in fantasy points per game. He wasn't you know, super great uh, just from a fantasy perspective on a week-to-week basis. Uh, what do you think about next year? I mean, where do you think these guys, clearly they're both quarterback ones that's in the conversation. They're probably both top five quarterbacks, but, uh, where do you think they're going to go? And I know also part two of the question, both of us are, are not exactly early quarterback takers, right? So you and I are not going to take either of these guys uh, in the early part of the draft. People may, uh, where do you think Mahomes and Lamar are going to land as far as positionally and then draft wise? Yeah, I mean, both are still going to be. This was clearly a down year for Mahomes. Um, not a bunch of excitement in the the seventeen points per game when you're going. I mean, if he was going the QB three, people were taking him 
at like the end of the third round or something, that's absolutely not worth a third round pick at that position. If we're getting 17 points out of a, a tight end <laughs> every week in the third round, that'd be fantastic. Um, so I think he'll return. They'll kind of meet in the middle a little bit here. Um, what I think did kind of get proven is Lamar Jackson returned to that MVP form and he was still the QB three because he's just not that tank at the goal line like Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts are. So I think if Lamar Jackson is, does return to the QB1 draft slot because he will inevitably win MVP this year, I think there's a small amount of discount you can get for taking Josh Allen or Hurts as your QB2 or 3, but that's still probably, I mean, that we're in we're in January still, but that's probably going to be <laughs> the beginning of, or that'll be the second round or something, which is still right. too early to pick. Even the MVP, that's it's too early. No, I agree. Uh, yeah, absolutely agree on all fronts there. Uh, let's move on to the uh, well, so let's go to the Ravens backfield next. So, JK Dobbins and Gus Edwards, both free agents, yeah, or they're but yeah, they're both unrestricted free agents, right? I mean, I don't know, you know, clearly it's way too early to know what's going to happen there, uh, free agency wise, draft wise, all of that. It seems like the Ravens have been struggling, uh, to find that backfield person or at least have them stay healthy uh, in recent years. I mean, I don't know. Do they bring in someone like an Eckler or something crazy like that? Um, not oh, that wow. that's crazy, but you know, I, that'd be kind of crazy. Yeah, no, it would. But I, I know that Eckler, at least he wanted out. Uh, yeah. You know, it may change now with Harbaugh in town. Uh, that, that whole thing, you know, like, like we say on this right now, it's January. So we, there's so much yeah. uh, down the road, but uh you know, the Ravens backfield is just kind of a question mark. So we can't really go with what's going to happen, but you know, we'd like to think whoever it is, uh, is going to be draftable <laughs> and, and we're going to want to draft them. Right. We've got, we've got Keaton. Right. I mean, he'll be yes. back in plenty of time. True. Uh, Ju Justice Hill is still there. So he's a free agent, like you mentioned, and he's also 29 years old. So I don't know. It's not like he's been handling 300 touches for the last five years. So maybe 29 years old doesn't matter, but I don't know. <laughs> Unre unrestricted yeah. free, free agent, 29 year old, probably not, probably don't want to put a lot of eggs in that back basket. And then Dobbins hasn't really played since he's been in the league, but right. the wear and tear on his lower body is worse than a Derrick Henry or a CMC or people that have been out here touching the ball 400 times a year. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. It's still an interesting backfield. Obviously, Lamar is going to cap that ceiling, um, even if he's not taking goal line carries. If he's taking 12 carries a game, that's impacting yeah, for sure. <laughs> the amount of touches your running back is going to get. Yeah, but, yeah, it'll sure. be interesting to watch um, to see if, if they're going to spend money at the or spend draft picks at the position. They've also got um, a bit of a an older offensive line, so we, they might be attacking that in the beginning rounds. Yeah, so we'll see. With these running backs, um, yes, Justin, Justin, the the offensive line uh, knowledge comes through because that's something I had that to I, sneak uh, it in. No, love it. Uh, that's <laughs> great. That's great to know. I'm uh, moving forward. All right, let's move on to the wide receivers. So Flowers, uh, he's got an unfortunately an entire season to think about his drop there. Oh man, <laughs> the, that was so brutal. And I, you know, you got to feel bad for a kid like that, a rookie, to right. just and it, you know. As we all know, games are not one person's fault, uh, but that's rough there. Um, but he ended as the wide receiver 34. He had 10 and a half half PPR points a game. 
I think he'll probably land in the wide receiver, you know, two slash three, like a low end wide receiver, two slash upper three. Uh, do you see anything different there with him? No, I th- I think if um, or I, I agree, I don't see anything different. I think the, the kind of consistent workload was at times a little better throughout the year. Uh, he began the season as like just a gadget. His a dot was like minus two. Like he was only catching bubble screens and stuff. And he got a, his route tree started to progress as the season went on. So I think a wide receiver tooth, a top 30 guy is well within the well within the question here. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. And then as far as the rest of them go, I think uh, Odell Beckham, I believe, is is a free agent, right? I don't think he right. signed multiple. So who knows what will happen with him? Uh, and then you've got Rashad Bateman, right? I mean, every year with Rashad Bateman, I, right? Whew, I don't know. He's tough. He's tough to trust, and uh, and I think Nelson Aguilar is a, a free agent as well. So, uh, oh wow, I think, yeah. So I don't know. You know, they have, uh, like you said, they have O line things to address, and they have other, you know, backfield to address. So um, it'll be interesting to see what they do uh, with their wide receiver room. Yeah, uh, with, for sure. You know, yeah. So, um, all right, well, let's, uh, let's move on here to, uh, well, I guess, yeah, let's just move on to Kansas city for now. We'll come back. Um, let's move on to Kansas city. Let's do the wide receivers first. Um, we can, t- I guess we could talk about the backfield, but really, I mean, Pacheco is the guy, right? Is there really anything else right. to talk about there? I mean, CEH is CEH. Um, I feel like we get the same thing every year, like a small burst of, Ooh, maybe, you know, and then, yeah. Uh, so from a fantasy perspective, I, I don't think he's anything to get excited about. I think Pacheco, you know, cemented himself as the, the RB1 for them. And I think he's an RB1 fantasy-wise, too. Um, I, I think he's probably around 11 or 12 in the running back uh, positional rankings. Uh, of, as we say, and we probably will say 15 more times in this podcast, a lot can happen between now and then. But I do think that, <laughs> yeah. you know, he is the guy there, and I think he's going to be an RB1. All right, so then let's move on to the wide receivers, which is – Probably something we could talk about for a quite a long period of time. I don't know. Yeah. But um, so we got Rasheed Rice, right? I think he's really the only guy, like fantasy wise, that we can get even remotely excited about for him. Legitimately the only one. Um, he was wide receiver 29 this season. Uh, I see him kind of in that same wide receiver two range next year. Um, you know, then we've got, I mean, do you see anything different with Rice wide receiver two? Do you have anything else you want to say about that? No, I think you're spot on. And I don't like as we're gonna as we're gonna touch on right here, I don't think <laughs> there's anyone that's gonna be challenging him for uh, targets moving forward. Right. I mean, okay, so you think so we're looking okay, they have Marquez Valdez Scantling, Sky Moore, Justin Ross. I mean, all these guys, I think MVS, I just can't see him being there next year, but you know, Sky Moore, Justin Ross, they're kind of limited, right, in their skill set. Like they need a deep, fast guy. Like, and I yeah. don't know, they, they either keep missing, not, not addressing it, whatever it is. They need that fast, like Tyreek Hill Deshaun Jackson type guy. Yeah. Uh, they get, they went and got Hardman again. It was a, right. a one year thing. I'm sure they just let him walk again. Yep. Darius Tony has speed, <laughs> but he's probably being a healthy scratch. They're, they're saying he's been injured, but they've been saying that since they got him from New York. So I think he could be gone potentially. So, yeah, I mean. I mean, Justin Watson, I think, will stay, right? Justin Watson is a special team guy. They like him fine. But he's still not, you know. 
yeah. I mean, I hope that for their sake. But the thing that is so frustrating is here they are playing in the Super Bowl again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so who are we? To, who are we to complain? Yeah, you know. We, we, yeah. Exactly. Like keep doing your thing because you're going to end up there anyway uh, without us, any. Us fantasy dorks are giving them crap and they're right. in the Super Bowl again. Right. Um, <laughs> there they are uh, again. Uh, but that brings me actually to my next point here, and that's Travis Kelsey. He's getting up there, right? But yeah. at the same time, he came on pretty hot uh, so far during the playoffs, and I expect him to do the same uh, in the Super Bowl. He is, you know, I've heard all these rumors that he's going to walk off into the sunset with his brother. I just, I don't see him walking away right now. I mean, granted, he, you know, he broke a record or two this season, and he had a good season, but I just... I don't know. I, I don't see him walking away right now. I don't think, you know, I don't know him. So, but he doesn't seem ready to me. Um, I don't know why you would walk away when you have Patrick Mahomes under center and you have Andy Reid and you have that team that keeps coming on hot at the end and going to the Super Bowl. Like what, what, you know, you're a competitive human being. Clearly, why would you walk away? Right. I mean, he has, I mean, he's got more records in his grasp too. Yeah. As, a, as an elite tight end. We've seen a lot of elite tight ends last until 38 years old. So, I mean, he's 34. It's not young in football age, but as a tight end, it's not quite as treacherous as a, a running back. No. Where you're um, getting slammed into the, the line over and over again. No, true. I think he, uh, but the question is, does he remain tight end one? I don't think so. Right. I think he's. Yeah. I mean, I think it's I, Laporta. Honestly, I think I would, yeah. I think I would take Laporta as my tight end one next year. Yeah, I would too. I mean, we're going to get into that next when we go over the next game, but I absolutely yeah. agree with you there. I think Kelsey, you know, so now if, since we're still talking about this game, we've got Andrews on the table, right? He got hurt this year. He missed a bunch. Um, are they, is, are we looking at like Laporta, Kelsey, Andrews? Uh, the, is Andrew, is that, Andrews still in that top three? I feel like likely showed off, showed up enough this season that he's going to be a part of the scheme. I don't think he's a free agent. So I think no. we'll have Isaiah Likely and Mark Andrews next to each other for a full season. Hopefully Andrews is healthy. But, you know, I think they want to get Likely on the field yeah. too. And I don't, I don't think Andrews has declined to the point where we should ignore him, but it's kind of scary to have a rotational uh, tight end <laughs> on your fantasy team. Yeah, I think it's great for real football, right? If they do a lot of two tight end yeah. sets and, and all of that right. happens. But I think for us... Like you said, I think Andrews might take a hit ADP wise and not be in that elite tier anymore. Uh, you know, hopefully he's healthy. I know hoping just, I was hoping to see him, you know, move on to the Super Bowl and kind of see what, how healthy he was and what he could do. Uh, right. Unfortunately, that did not happen. All right. I think we covered um, anything else you want to talk about in that first Casey Baltimore game? No, I don't think so. I All think right. Most of it. Um, sounds good. All right. Let us move, uh, on to the next game, which was, uh, Detroit against San Francisco. Uh, a lot of fantasy pieces there, uh, as well, uh, amongst these two teams. Uh, first thing let's talk about, of course, is the quarterback position. We have basically Purdy versus golf. I mean, not that they're the same, um, they're not in the same tier as the Mahomes Jackson conversation, but <laughs> right. We do have Purdy and Goff. Purdy is such a polarizing like, figure or, or whatever. Uh, this season, last season, you know, he gets zero respect, clearly. Uh, but so his ADP this past season, he was the QB 16. Uh, he finished as the QB 8 with 18 and a half fantasy points per game. 
I mean, is he in borderline quarterback one t- conversation next year, or are we still putting him in that QB two? I mean, be- I guess before we get into that, we can talk about golf so we can kind of compare. Uh, Goff's ADP was QB 14 and he ended his QB 16 with 16.8 half PPR points per game. So um, where do you see them both? And I'll, I should say that Goff is in his final year of his current deal this year. So that that's kind of interesting as well. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, his, his, yeah. He's either going to have to get a, an extension or, uh, but I mean, he is clearly going to be their QB this year or coming in as 2024. He will be their quarterback, but this will be the last year for him. Uh, on that current contract. So what what you think? I think and I think they're probably a little closer than so they finished they finished the season pretty far away QB you said QB 16 and QB 8. Yeah. So pretty clearly had the leg up. I probably look at them at fantasy land as a little closer than that where they're both probably QB 12 to QB 14s. Um in typical redraft leagues, I'm not going to be trying to aim for either of them unless they're <laughs> yeah. deeper leagues or something. Um, and then once we fire up best ball drafts, which I'm sure I'll start sooner than I would like, but I'm sure I'll start pretty soon. The lobby's um, already open on underdog. I know. Just, <laughs> I have not. Then, I, I can't. You haven't? No. I'll probably wait. I bet by the time we I hit try March, to wait till March. We'll see if yeah. I make it till March, but <laughs> that's my but in goal. those cases, it just yeah. matters who, you know, if we're going to take a stand on uh, Laporta, like we were just talking about. And we're drafting him early in the draft, and Jared Goff's sitting there as the QB 15. Like, yeah, absolutely, I'll take him on a Laporta team, or I'll take Purdy when I start with any 49er. But, yeah, I think they're both kind of closer to that fringe QB 1. Maybe Goff performed a little below where we would like him, and Purdy performed a little above where we thought he would go. Yeah, no, I agree. It, it, neither of them are, are anyone I would seek out in a redraft. I will say this. Uh, I ended up taking Goff as I don't normally I don't normally take QB, a, a, a second quarterback in a regular redraft league. Uh, this year, for some reason, I, Goff was sitting there at the end, and I had a Ra and I had Porter, Porta, La Porta. Oh, um, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to grab him. I, I can drop him. Because Justin Herbert, I had Justin Herbert who had a week five bye. So I was like, I'm just going right, to grab him. Yeah. Whatever. He won me a championship because I hung. I ended up hanging on to him. And then Herbert went down. And so I, I actually won the championship with Goff and Amon Ron Laporta. So somehow, you know, I, I had a, a very heavy uh, Lions onslaught that won me a championship. So, you know, you never know. Like you said, it's a guy that you might want to grab in redraft, especially both those guys are going to be there in like the 15th, you know, the, the later rounds because right. no one's really going to draft them. Uh, so yeah, you never know. Um, all right, let's don't move show on. out, it's oh. not going to kill you. Right. Exactly. And then I always kind of look like whatever quarterback I do take in redraft, I do pay attention to buys, especially if they're early. Like for example, like I said, Herbert had a week five buy, so I didn't want to have to scramble on the waiver wire already. So I just grabbed someone at the end and I'm like, yeah, I'll draft, you know, I'll drop them after, uh, yeah so right it's mid-january folks and i don't know how your new year's resolutions are holding up mine are eh but that's where factor meals comes in skip the grocery stores meal prep cleanup instead get chef crafted dietitian approved meals delivered right to your doorstep this week i have my eye on the queso fundido with cilantro cauliflower rice i can still satisfy my cheesy mexican cravings with gooey queso savory ground beef, and tender cilantro cauliflower rice. It's all still healthy and nutrition-packed. 
Another great thing about Factor is it's flexible, which is great for busy families. Change up your order each week with plans from 4 to 18 meals, and you can even pause and reschedule. To get started, head to factormeals.com slash mostaccurate50. Use code mostaccurate50 to get 50% off. That's code mostaccurate50 at factormeals.com slash mostaccurate50 to get 50% off today. Make Little Caesars, the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day. And now you can score even more pizza with your pizza. It's easy. Just order online during Little Caesars Pizza Pizza pregame, one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day Sunday, and become eligible for instant win prizes. And best of all, you pick the toppings you crave. I attended a live Scott Fishbowl draft over the summer and was convinced by a friend to try Little Caesars pretzel stuffed crust pizza with cheese sauce. And no hyperbole, it changed my life forever. Either way, everyone wins with Little Caesars convenient delivery or in-store pizza portal pickup. You can even pay for your pizza on the Little Caesars app and have your friends grab it on their way over to watch the game. That's how you enjoy a few slices during the tastiest hour before kickoff. Pizza, pizza. All right, let's move on to the San Francisco wide receivers. Or actually, first, McCaffrey, there really isn't anything to say, right? He's the 1 1. Right. And that's really it. Um, he just <laughs> keeps doing this. Yeah. Yeah, there's really nothing else to really say there. Uh, you know, Mitchell, always a decent handcuff. I'm not sure, actually, if his – I didn't look up because I, I didn't even research uh, the San Francisco backfield because I didn't think we needed to. But now <laughs> right. that I'm saying it out loud, maybe Mitchell, Jordan Mason, I'm not sure what their what their, what their agency or their, you know, free agency status is. But those guys are always in the mix, especially in best ball. Uh, I'm actually not seeing anything, so I think they're still – Okay, still so they'll in. all be there, and it's all kind of – the same, but I think CMC will be the clear one, one again. Uh, I shouldn't say again. Cause I feel like this year he was, he fell a little bit like Justin Jefferson was the one, one this year and McCaffrey, but I think people are going to go back to McCaffrey. He's just ridiculous. Uh, so yeah, there's that. So if we move on to the wide receivers, I know that Juwan Jennings is a restricted free agent. So uh, he's kind of the only one there that is uh, on the, you know, on, in the free agency mix. Yeah. Uh, we've got Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. Are they both wide receiver ones next year? Like, what do we do with these guys? Because they're right. good. I mean, Debo, I think, is going to probably be like a second rounder, uh, depending on league and whatnot. Ayuk, I mean, is he also a wide receiver one? Like, I don't know yeah. how you – I think, it, you know, are they the kind of – you know, Jamar Chase and T Higgins from a couple years ago where we're drafting both these guys in, in the, you know, the first three rounds. I don't know. I, I think, I don't know how they're not right. It's almost like nothing's changed for any of their fantasy pieces from 2023. They're all coming back. Purdy will have a better ADP than he did last year. And that's about it. I mean, Kittle finished as the tight end five. I think that's like exactly where he was going. Maybe he was the tight end six. Yeah. And I see the same next year. I don't see him moving anywhere up or down. And then it's Uh, like, do you want Debo? Who's more of a Swiss army knife? Or do you want Ayuk? Who's more of a pure receiver? And I don't, you know, just, I think they're going to be good again (laughs) next year. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it sucks for the rest of the NFC because they're going to be good again. I mean, yeah. There's no way they're not. Uh, their coaching is all 
Uh, I don't know. Is their coaching completely intact? Have they poached anybody? I, I can't. I, I'm... I think so. They just lost everyone last year. So right. <laughs> it would be, okay. It would be so yeah. At least very rude if they if they came and swept <laughs> them up again. Very rude. Uh, yeah. So yeah, San Francisco draft them because they're going to be good again. That's pretty much the. Uh... All right. So let's move on to the Lions. There's a lot to talk about there. We've got uh, their backfield is is very interesting. So you've got. Jameer Gibbs, you've got uh, David Montgomery. So I was looking into their touches. They're literally four touches apart for the entire season. Gibbs had 221 touches and Monty had 225. Like literally four different, you know, four, four difference of other touches in, in yeah. over, you know, 17 game span. It's, it's pretty impressive. This is kind of what we thought was going to happen too. We, weren't, we yeah. weren't that far off with how we figured they would cut this backfield up. I mean, there was some time missed, which helps the projection look a little better but right and, I think and it was Gibbs, pretty, go ahead yeah oh, i was just gonna say i think we had a, a pretty good idea that even if gibbs didn't come on right out of the gate the fact that they took him at the 12th overall spot and they were looking to get deep in the playoffs meant they were gonna rev him up by the end of the season it was a little hairy to start the season uh yeah his, his usage for those of us that drafted him in you know the third and fourth round uh it was a little hairy. You're like, uh-oh, what, what's happening here? He came on huge. I mean, he had 1,261 rushing yards. He had 11 touchdowns. He had 52 catches on 71 targets. Like, he was – and he's ridiculous. I mean, so fast, so elusive. So I can't imagine them not uh, utilizing him the same as they did kind of down the stretch. Montgomery had, was solid this year. He really was. He A lot of goal line touches. Uh, a lot of yeah, – he was just good. So – I think, I mean, from my perspective, and tell me if you feel any differently, I feel like Gibbs uh, is going to be at early. Like, I would say first, second round turn. I think he's yeah. going to be like the RB4 coming no, out think, of. Uh, I think Gibbs will be in the first round. Yeah. I think, sure. I think he'll be a top 12, top 10 selection. Yeah. I was going to say, I see him like, yeah, somewhere in 10 through 14. He may make it on the turn in some leagues, but yeah, um, I just did a. I just did a mock draft for Bleacher Nation, and I just did a mock draft for the newsletter that went out this morning. And I think I had him at either one eleven or one twelve. So okay, uh, yeah. yeah. And then I think Montgomery. I mean, are we looking at an RB two? I think so. Um, man, where were he, was he in the fifth or was he in the seventh round last year? Um, let he, me see. Probably, probably in the fifth because if he was I in the seventh, I feel like have, I would have taken him. Yeah, every I've time. got the ADP pulled up here, so. Uh, he was picked 69 overall. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, I don't think he goes past that. Yeah, no. I mean, I think people were definitely nervous about Gibbs coming in and what it was going to look like. I think after what we saw last year, I, I can't imagine. I mean, I think he's going to go. That was, I mean, he's, I don't know. Last year he was in the sixth round, right? He was in the dead zone. Yeah. So I don't know if he makes it above the dead zone and people take him in the fourth or, or if he's still in that kind of zone, but I feel like probably about that range, which I'll still take stabs at him. It yeah. really have the entire goal line work. He, I mean, he scored 15 touchdowns, 13 in the regular, in the fantasy season. So, I mean, I, I mean that's a lot to ask <laughs> for a repeat, but I don't know. I think he's still going to get usage. They're still going to split this up and try to run the ball as much as they can. Yeah. I mean, and everything uh you know ben johnson is staying now so everything oh, will right. remain yeah, the yeah. same there uh if we move on to the wide receivers we've got amon ra st brown who was about to get paid uh so he I, I assume he will stay there i 
he's he's a first rounder. Uh, he was I think he was I think he was a second rounder last year, but I think he's going to move up to the first round. I don't know how he's not. Um, he's ridiculous. Uh, we've got Josh Reynolds is actually a free agent, so right. kind of see where he goes. Jamison Williams, uh, does he step up? Does he move up? Or are we still kind of iffy on Jamison Williams? Yeah, I'm very iffy on Jamison Williams, yeah. but I depending on where where he's going, I think he could be a very interesting pick next year as a as a moderate risk, high reward guy. I mean, if he's going in like the third round because Josh Reynolds is leaving town, like that's a different right. story. But if he's going in the eighth round or something, like I'll absolutely take a stab on him as often yeah. as I can because if he hits, he could hit huge, even if that probability is like. 25%. <laughs> I just, yeah, it's one of those things like he's just had, you know, his, his start to the NFL has been bizarre, right? He had a gambling Absolutely. suspension. He got hurt, uh, clearly talented. And he's had some, had some bright spots this season. Uh, and then we've got Khalif Raymond and Donovan peoples Jones, you know, <laughs> a best ball yeah. 18th yeah. rounder at best. Uh, yeah. just, you know, I don't even know. Yeah. So, yeah. And they, then <laughs> they could add a they could add a sixth rounder and he could just take both their spots. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, anyone. totally. And then we already talked about Laporta uh, pretty much. Uh, both of us kind of like him as the tight end one. I think that he's that rare rookie tight end that just balled out and now he's going to be uh you know, some people may still take Kelsey above him, but I think uh consensus wise, I think he's uh he, he probably will be the fantasy tight end one in drafts. Yeah. The question is, is he, move, I mean, are you taking him in the second and third round? Like, is he that much of a tight end one or are we pushing him back? A Man, little maybe bit? I think I, yeah. I think I would, it, if he's on, if he's at like the one, two turn, that's too rich. But if he's on the two, three turn. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. That'd be no, nice. I, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't be mad about that. <laughs> I, I hear you. Um, well, that's pretty much our wrap up here. Uh, before we move on to our Super Bowl beverage segment, uh, I'd like to talk about prize picks for a minute. Uh, if you guys don't know what prize picks is, it's a pick 'em app where you can make multiple selections of players to make one play. You can choose just about any category for any player, including fantasy points, rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, all of it. Uh, the platform is incredibly simple to use and very user friendly. If you don't have an account yet, go to prizepicks.com backslash accurate. And you can get a deposit match up to a hundred bucks. Uh, I'm gonna throw out two picks uh, that we like for the Super Bowl, even though we're, we're a little ahead of ourselves here. But uh, that's really all we have to talk about. So I'm gonna throw out two <laughs> Never picks. Never too early. Super Bowl. Yeah. So we've got uh, we've got Juwan Jennings, uh, less than one and a half receptions, and then on the other side of the ball, we've got Rashi Rice with more than 15 fantasy points. So those are our two picks for prize picks. Uh, Head over to pricepicks.com backslash accurate and you get a deposit match up to a hundred bucks. All right, let's get into some Super Bowl beverages. We're going to be talking about Justin and I will be back next week, uh, same ish time probably, uh, to talk about uh, Super Bowl food. But today we're going to talk about beverages. Listen, we all, we all, whether you get together at a party, a bar, uh, or you're home alone with your, with your family and friends. Um, People like to imbibe on the Super Bowl. So we're going to chat a little bit about beverages. Uh, we we each have prepared with kind of one beverage for each team, theme-ish. 
so uh, I'm going to start first with my, with my Kansas city beverage. So my husband has been super into bloody Mary's lately for some reason, but he brought home this like fancy bloody Mary mix uh, that is uh, ribeye flavor. It's by a company called bloody revolution. Yeah. It's this company called bloody revolution and it's basically ribeye flavor. So we're going to use that clearly for the Kansas city bloody. Uh, and then what I would like to put in there uh, for my Kansas city theme, I'd like to put a rib right in there, uh, right in the bloody. <laughs> and then I would also like to put a skewer. That's fantastic. Yeah. I'd also like to put a skewer with a little burnt end on there as well. And then Ooh. Also on the skewer, I'm gonna put a little chicken nuggie for Andy Reid and his his uh, State Farm oh commercials. Oh my goodness! His, his nuggies. So we're gonna have a rib, we're gonna have a burnt end and a nuggie, and then you know you can throw some celery or whatever to make it healthy. A celery and olive, whatever. So that is my Kansas City beverage. What do you have, Justin, for the uh, the Chiefs? That sounds fantastic. <laughs> I feel like I would drink and eat that before uh, kickoff. I guess some vodka too. I forgot hat. to say that, but we'll you know, yeah yeah we'll we, we, we figured that part out. Um, for Casey, I was going to do, I'm thinking of doing this tequila cranberry punch. Ooh. It's not quite as, um, on topic as yours, but it is pretty <laughs> <laughs> and it should be, um, it can kind of go either way. It could be a San Francisco, Kansas city. It's a little, a little lighter. So I'm going to give it to the chiefs, but there is some, there are some gold colorings so if you wanted to give it to the 49ers you could it's kind of up for, up to your fan base i mean but yeah we've got we've got two two teams with like similar colors it's kind of brutal honestly but anyway right. go ahead. yeah we're gonna have to put some off topic but we might need to put some money on that red gatorade you know <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> that'll be next week's topic by the way right i'm sure exactly that's, that's perfect all right um, so i like the, that this sounds like a good beverage yeah this cranberry punch we actually made a form of this for um our family christmas party because it's kind of wintry and depending on where you are it's probably going to still be quite wintry by the time uh, a couple weekends roll around so your first thing is two cups of white tequila or blanco tequila we don't want gold for this it'll be a little too a little too forward um and then it's just easy from there it's easy to memorize two cups of cranberry juice two cups of grapefruit juice two cups of orange juice into eight orange slices and you just a typical punch bowl you know think uh christmas vacation freak out like that punch <laughs> bowl if you have the 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 moose mug all or the wally the wally mug even better and just throw all that in um you can chill it beforehand and just set it out or you can add the ice directly into the punch bowl but it will water it down so it depends on how um how quick of drinkers your your group is i guess and if not, just keep the ice on the side, nice little bucket with some with some tongs. And then before you serve it, just a bag, maybe two, three cups of cranberries, throw them in the freezer and pull them out. Have people pinch them into their glass. Cute little, cute little drop cranberries in there. I like that. That sounds really good. I like the uh I like the grapefruit addition in there. A little tart. Yeah, a little, a little tart. Yeah, yeah. I like that. That sounds delicious. I hope people people are writing that down and getting themselves a big bowl of uh, cranberry punch. Um, all right, we're going to move on to the San Francisco beverages. Um, so I discovered in my um, travels here that there is actually a beverage called the San Francisco. 
Uh, some of you may already know this, some of you that drink fancy cocktails already. Um, so why mess with a good thing, right? There's already a beverage called the San Francisco. Um, it is a sweet and fruity cocktail with the air of sunrise. Uh, so it is uh, vodka. It is banana liqueur. It is orange juice and grenadine syrup. Uh, it says here, I'm, I'm reading here the, uh, the technique on how to make. <laughs> uh, fill the glass half with ice cubes. Directly pour, pour in vodka, banana liqueur, and orange juice. Uh, the, and then grenadine syrup, and then decorate with a slice of orange. So it's not super different than your uh, other beverage, but uh, we're using uh, vodka instead of tequila, clearly. And then I think the banana liqueur is kind of an interesting fun. So this is the, yeah, it is a it is a cocktail that is already established, uh, you know, San Francisco. And then in my, in my research, I also yeah, found, I'm sorry, what'd you say? Oh, I said, who knew? I've never even heard of yeah. this. No, me either. And then in my research, I also found a San Francisco mocktail. Uh, the San Francisco is one of the most famous mocktails out there. Uh, so I'm going to read you real quick on the mocktail for those of you that are not drinking. Uh, you use sugar for decorating the glasses, uh, 300 grams of ice cubes, uh, 200 milliliters of lemon juice, 200 milliliters of orange juice, 200 milliliters of pineapple juice, and then 200 milliliters of sparkling soda water. Then throw in six tablespoons of grenadine and then six slices of orange or lemon for garnishing. So that is the that. mock version of the San Francisco cocktail. Uh, sounds good. Nice, fruity, yeah, uh, California-like. Uh, what do you got for the uh, the 49er beverage? You know, instead of that banana liqueur for the mocktail, you could just put a banana in the glass. Yes, that sounds <laughs> delicious too. Let mush up. Um, I didn't have a 49er specific one, but before we wrapped up this beverage segment, I did want to give a couple of, I ran a, a craft beer bar for a long time. So I wanted to give a couple beers that I know are pretty nationally available for a San Francisco based brewery and a, a Kansas city based brewery. Um, I went through, I was looking through lists of breweries from each city that I, then I realized you're probably not going to get a lot of these beers where you are if you're not leaving in California or around Kansas City. So for San Francisco, I wanted to point out uh, 21st Amendment. It's something, it's a beer you can get pretty widely available if you live in any sort of larger town. Um, their most famous one is called the Hell or High Watermelon. Um, it's a melon-based um, like wheat beer, but you, those are usually around summertime. So right now you could do a hell or high pomegranate which is typically available around this time of year although it's not nearly as exciting to say as hell or high watermelon and then kansas city one of my favorite beers uh boulevard which is based out of kc does a tank seven which is probably my favorite saison that you can have around so if you wanted to stock your party with some 21st amendment hell or high pomegranate and some boulevard tank seven you could force your guests to choose which area has the best beer. And that's my, those are my beer choices for, for both teams. All right. I like it. Listen, you, options are always good for people out there. Uh, people get, you know, they get tired of drinking the same stuff. So um, I'm sure you gave some good beer recommendations for those that uh, like different and interesting beers and uh, don't know what's out there. So um, I knew you'd be a good person for this, this pod and this segment, because I know you did work in a, a fancy beer place uh, for quite some time. Um, that is all we have for today's show. 
Uh, we will be back, like I said, next week. Uh, talking food. We'll have some, we'll have some fun, uh, food recipes for each team and we'll probably do some predictions for the Super Bowl. Oh yeah. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe some fun props, maybe some fun, uh, picks and the like. Um, so yeah, that's it for today. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, be sure to, uh, follow us on, uh, Twitter slash X. I am Jen Akins NFL. You are Justin underscore Edwards. Yes. Yes. Okay. Usually it says it on here, but it doesn't. So I'm like uh, trying to remember my brain. Um, everyone have a wonderful day. Enjoy your week off. Maybe touch some grass this weekend. I'm going to try to uh, <laughs> but have a wonderful day, folks.